Welcome to Cooler News, your go-to resource for insights and content straight from KPS Global. Hello and welcome to Cooler News, a podcast from KPS Global. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show. Today we're discussing condensation in walk-in coolers and freezers, why it occurs, signs to watch for, and ways to prevent it. And joining me today are two subject matter experts. We have Jason Bratcher, Director of Construction Services for the West Coast at KPS Global. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Tyler. Absolutely. And then we're also joined by Jim Costanza. He's a technical fellow at KPS Global. Jim, thanks for joining us as well. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you. Excellent. Well, I'm going to turn things over to you guys uh, to explain our topic and to walk us through the the things that people should know about condensation. Okay, great. Maybe we just start with a definition of condensation and as it relates to uh, walk-in coolers and freezers. Condensation is water vapor that actually forms on surfaces of the cooler and freezers when those surface temperatures are below the dew point temperature, that is the temperature when the air adjacent to the walk-in surfaces is, is uh, below a temperature that creates a condition where moisture will condense out of the air uh, from vapor into um, a, a condensation form of moisture, which is water droplets. The air at the dew point temperature is saturated with water vapor and it can't hold any more water vapor. And it begins to condense out of the air into these droplets of water onto the surfaces as the surface temperatures and layer of, uh, uh, and, and the layer of air adjacent to the surface begins to fall below that dew point temperature. And so moisture will uh, be uh, formed on those surfaces uh, as droplets, and those droplets can form into streams and uh, run down those surfaces and create problems uh, from that collection of water. Yeah, and Jim, a good example for that that we see all the time is condensation on glass doors. So one of the biggest calls that, that I used to get when I was in service is, hey, my glass doors are sweating, they're sweating all over the floor, you know, and they want to know if their heaters are working. And one of the first things that we usually check is checking the humidity inside the store. Because a lot of times the heaters will be working just fine, but if your air conditioning system in the store is not working good and you get humidity above 55%, then you can get condensation forming on the frames of the glass doors with the heaters working. Yes. That's an excellent point because the heaters and glass doors now have to meet a maximum energy consumption requirement by the Department of Energy. And and so the manufacturers typically are engineering the heater systems just to the point that it can control condensation up to that 75 degree temperature and 55 degree relative humidity on the outside of the cooler or freezer. And so when you have that ambient environment elevated in either temperature or humidity because of the air conditioning system or open doors. Um, Oftentimes these walk-in coolers and freezers, especially in grocery stores, um, they're in fair proximity to loading doors from in the back of the building that uh, once those doors are open for long periods of time, air uh, migrates in from the outside, which is generally unconditioned, of course, and has a lot more humidity in it than the store and you can overcome uh, the ability of the heaters to keep those surface temperatures above the dew point temperature. Yeah, I'll tell you one of the the most challenging sites is in a convenience store. 
you have a small retail space, customers in and out of those doors during busy hours, the doors are never closed. So the air conditioning is constantly sucked outside while the warm air outside is being sucked in. And if you get a, a state like Florida, uh, Texas, where the humidity's springtime humidity is high and all that air is coming in that store, you could easily see 60, 70% humidity inside a convenience store. And with not having very hot of heaters on some of these, these newer doors, trying to combat that is, is tough. So, you know, one thing that we try to tell customers is airflow is always going to be important. Make sure that you have air moving on that box and try to keep your evaporators from blowing directly on the back of the glass doors. Yeah. Some of the, some of the racking now has gaps where there may not be product in there and that, that evaporator is blowing directly on the back of the door and it's just super cool in that frame. And those heaters just can't, they just can't overcome that. And with that high humidity, it's, it's going to form the, the water droplets like you was talking about earlier. Yeah, that the air movement that you're talking about, um, there's a couple of really critical elements to that that is really beneficial uh, to keeping condensation from forming. One is the air itself, you are um, moving air across that cold surface of, uh, that cold layer of air right next to the surface of the walk-in, and that air disrupts that stagnant air at that surface and helps it evaporate moisture off off of the surface of of the walk-in. So it it basically scrapes moisture as it's trying to form. Also, if air is taken from an elevated position and blown down onto the surfaces, that air is typically warmer. And that's one of the other components that you want is you want to raise the surface temperature of that material on the outside of the walk-in that's trying to condense moisture and if you can raise that temperature up a little bit, then you get out of that dew point temperature zone and where it won't condensate because it's too warm. So taking warm air from a upper elevation above the walk-in and blowing it downward, it's going to be several degrees warmer. And that helps warm the surface temperature up so, and that helps combat condensation also. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we spec in our prints that on the exterior of a, of a walk-in, especially on a freezer, that you need to have at least a two inch air gap with some air movement. And, you know, I've seen walk-ins before have a six, seven inch air gap and still get condensation because they block that area in and and they're not having any air exchanges. It's just dead stagnant air back there. So not only is the gap important, like Jim said, having air movement across there is probably even more important than the size of what the gap is behind that walk-in. One of the issues that we see too, that where condensation creates a big problem on walk-ins is on thermal break. So, uh, you know, we've seen in the past that an inadequate thermal break or the freezer not being placed directly on top of the thermal break can cause the cold transfer to transfer through that thermal break into the concrete and then chill that concrete to where it's below dew point. And then you actually start getting the water droplets on the concrete. So it's, it's the same phenomenon that happens on glass doors can also happen on the concrete also. Absolutely. And and we've seen regularly when it does, when that concrete temperature is below the dew point temperature, you actually can get conductance of that cold temperature up into the lower portions of the panel, the walking cooler and freezer panel, especially at the frame uh, where two panels are joined together with a locking mechanism. 
and that condensation can can come up vertically into that joint. Uh, and as if it's a freezer box, that that can create either condensation or a frozen condition, depending on how how cold the uh, the temperature is on the on the warm side of the of the panels. Yeah, and that's and you know and and one thing we always we tell our uh, our service techs out there when they're going on a call that. Uh, that the complaint has to do with frost or condensation is uh, check the humidity in the store, check what the surface temperature is, because to, to find out the dew point, you have to have the surface temperature and the humidity. But you know, one thing is it's it's also has to do with them with the time of the year. You know, if you can you can usually talk to a customer and ask them, you know, is this something that was not occurring during the winter months, and now that we're getting into spring, you're starting to see this condensation form. And then that lets us know that, hey, maybe it's not a heater issue that just that just failed, that it could have a lot to do with the, the humidity in the store and the, the uh, condensation coming in. But strip curtains are one uh, big indication that you have humid air coming into the freezer because a lot of complaints we get are because they're getting frost buildup on their strip curtains when actually a strip curtain is designed to try to capture that warm air before it enters that freezer. And by getting that frost on that strip curtain kind of tells you that, hey, that strip curtain is, is doing what it was is there to do. It's working. But it also lets you know that, hey, maybe my humidity in my back room or my store is 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 higher than what it needs to be. Or my air conditioner is not pulling that is not working right, not pulling that humidity out. But without those strip curtains and without it catching that frost coming in or, or that warm air that's creating the frost, that warm air was just gonna get sucked right in and right up into the evaporators. Then you'll start getting frost build up on the ceilings of your freezers, on the fan shrouds. It's, it's big balls of frost on your fan shrouds is, is one direct sign of moisture-laden air being sucked into that freezer. And Jim, I know we've seen that hundreds of times. Yes, yes, sir. And uh, you know, DOE requires some type of barrier system to be placed on most doors to restrict that vapor from coming into these uh, walk-ins. And like you said, as it gets in, because it's uh, in a freezer environment in particular, that, as that vapor-loaded uh, air infiltrates in, into the walk-in through that open door, it'll freeze in the air as a fog. And this, this fog will be circulated around that freezer. It'll be deposited on all those surfaces that you, you talked about, the, the evaporator, the fan shrouds. Uh, it also will de deposit around the door opening itself on the walls and the ceiling. Uh, there's a distinct pattern that you see where vapor actually comes in and, and gets uh, deposited and frozen right there on the ceiling and the, and the, and the walls around the opening. Uh, but it it stays in the air and it gets blown through the evaporator often, and it then the deposits on product, and so uh, right. it's detrimental to the the food products that are in there because uh, it'll build a layer of uh, of snow and ice on top of it. Yeah. So one thing we we always ask customers, you know, as one of their preventive maintenance uh, items to look at is make sure that your your strip curtains are intact. Yeah. That's item that gets torn a lot from pallets uh, and people going in and out of the boxes. Make sure your gaskets on your doors are not torn and ripped and they are still yeah. sealing. Make yeah. sure your latches are uh, closing that door down tight and make sure employees are shutting the door. You know, there's a, a lot of employees out there that are a little bit afraid to be inside of a freezer. So they want to prop that door open when they're in there working. 
And, you know, they leave that door open and two or three minutes of a door being open five or six times a day doesn't sound like very much to to an employee working in there. But that is a, a lot of humidity getting introduced into that walk in. Yes. Yeah, uh, very negative impact on the refrigeration system. It's less uh, efficient, so it can't cool as efficiently. The humidity level in the freezer is elevated because there's moisture just sitting around on all of the uh, lots of surfaces inside the freezer. So it's detrimental to again controlling controlling the temperature, and we've seen it quite often where the employee actually cuts or takes down the strip curtain uh, because it's. Uh, you know, it's cold or inconvenient trying to slice their way through these frozen strips of plastic, but they're, they're there for a reason to catch the moisture on the outside of the box. So cutting them away to, to make it convenient to come in and out or more comfortable uh, uh, to come in and out, not having a cold surface rub up against you uh, is very, again, detrimental to the operation of that freezer. Yeah, and I know a lot of a lot of our customers now are using monitoring systems with uh, magnetic door alarms, where alarms will will uh, sound off after 10, 15 minutes of that door being open. But you know, I know you've seen it, Jim. I've seen it that employees figure out that they can place a magnet up there and yeah. silence the alarm and leave the door open, and it gives a uh, reading back to the monitoring system that hey, the doors haven't been left open. But in fact, the door has been open for a long time because they've just silenced that alarm and they've told the system that the door is closed now. So one thing we started doing when we, we would, if we would constantly see condensation issues inside of a walk-in is we would, we would install a uh, humidity reader, a data logger uh, inside the walk-in, outside the walk-in and maybe by the evaporator. So then we could get a one week, a two week sample uh, we'd have the, the data loggers taking a reading every minute, every 30 seconds, you know, the, the close intervals we could get. And that way we could really go back to the customer and say, look, here's a here's a data that's that's showing how many times your door is open in a day, how much warm air is being brought into this freezer, how your defrost cycles are, are reacting. Do you have too many defrost cycles? Uh, is your drip time uh, set correctly? And those that kind of data was real important to us to to kind of educate the customer and let them know that that you're not having a problem with your walk in. You're having a problem with the environment that the walk in is in. And a lot of these things can be controlled with just trying to manage the employees from, uh, you know, not leaving the doors open too much. Yeah. One of the things that we we haven't talked about yet that's uh, really important is as this condensation forms in, in particular on the outside of the walk-in, it can often form in that airspace like Jason was talking about between the freezer and a building wall, for example. If there's not air movement in that space, condensation can form there and, and it can uh, form to the degree that the condensation will form into droplets. It runs down onto the floor. It fills that space between the freezer and the building wall with a liquid water in a in a continuous pool and that pool will build mold and mildew and bacteria and it will if there's drywall a gypsum board let's say the freezer is on the back side of a wall that that faces the front side of the store or or an office at, in a convenience store then that wall can become in, infected with this mold and mildew and uh, that 
will have to be remediated, removed and replaced um, or treated in a way that kills that. And so th th this condensation can be really detrimental to uh, the health of people in that area. It's also a slip and fall hazard, right? It, where um, people don't see it, they, they can s slip in a pool of water and, and have a significant injury. So keeping condensation from forming on those surfaces is real critical for the health and safety of the folks that are working in that space. Right. Yeah, and it's it's the same same on on thresholds. You know, I was I was uh, mentioning earlier about making sure your strip curtains are in place and your gaskets are in place. One thing I forgot to mention was the sweep. Uh, the yeah. sweep on the bottom of the door is very important. It's not there to keep water from entering into the freezer. It's really just there to reduce the amount of air that's going to get sucked into that box. If you do have condensation forming, that water will seep underneath that door and onto that threshold. And yeah. as soon as it gets inside that freezer, it's going to freeze. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter how much heat you have down there. If you get enough liquid on that cold surface in a, in a zero or minus 10 box, it's going to freeze. And then an employee is going to walk in there. They're not going to see it. They're, they're going to be worried about that strip curtain trying to push it out of the way. And they're going to step on a, on a, you know, a six inch strip of, slick ice right there and it's and it's a, a huge slip and fall issue yes you know and and at kps we do have in-house service tech so i know a lot of uh you know we've we've talked about a lot of things here in, in a pretty short period of time but um it's it's really hard to diagnose any of this stuff over the phone there's really when you have an ongoing condensation issue there's there's more things that you kind of have to check into you know humidity temperature heaters are there obvious air gaps? Are things sealed up the way they should be? Um, we really have to dive into it and try to figure out why that surface is getting cold enough to reach dew point. And it's, there's really, there's a lot of science behind it, but we try to train our service techs that when they go out and, and they're trying to, to figure out these issues to, to kind of think about the science behind it and try to figure out why is that surface that's, sweating that's condensating how is it getting cold enough to reach dew point when the surface next to it is not so there's something there's there's got to be something going on there's cold air blowing on it there's a leak there's thermal transfer uh, there's a heater that's not getting hot enough there's a heater that's not working there's a gasket that's not sealing there's got to be something going on that's letting that surface temperature get too cold so you know we, we a lot of our service techs have been with us for years. They've been in this industry industry for years, and they do know how to to check these things. and And if they do get stumped on one, that's usually when we will go out and put in some data loggers, and then we'll kind of get get some a longer period of time of data, and we'll kind of look and and see is the customer turning their air conditioner off at night, and they come in in the mornings and everything is sweating. We go out there, we happen to get there in the afternoon, the air conditioners had time to pull that humidity out, the sweating has evaporated. We show up in the evening and everything looks great. And we walk it with the, the customer and they're like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but four or five hours ago, there was water all over the floor. And then we kind of find out by placing these data loggers that maybe that customer is trying to save on energy and they're, they're turning their air conditioner up at night and they're in not trying to use that energy and it's and it's getting real humid through the night and then the morning it takes four or five hours for that air conditioner to combat that humidity that's in the air so our our 
our service techs are trained to to kind of diagnose and look at some of those things and we can we can send those guys out they can survey they can gather this information and try to help some of our customers out because condensation is a uh i don't want to say it's a walk-in killer but if you have a condensation problem it's not good for a walk-in it can really reduce the life that you can get out of that box just from uh, a little bit of condensation historically these structural insulated panels that walk-in coolers are manufactured from uh, or assembled from have been made with a perimeter frame system that ha was fairly conductive for energy conductance and uh, for example wood framing had been used historically uh, because it's you know readily available it's pretty low cost it's it's relatively easy to work with in the factories to, to build these frame systems that hold the locking mechanisms where you can connect all these panels together to make a, a freezer enclosure and that wood frame system has an R value that's significantly less than what the polyurethane foam insulation R value is. For example, wood typically has an R value of around 1.2 per inch, and the polyurethane foam insulation has an R value around 8 per inch uh, in a freezer application. So the when you have a low R value, the rate of energy flow through it uh, is much greater than something that has a high R value, which is a, a, a higher ability to restrict energy transfer through it. And so uh, oftentimes uh, the condensation can form at the connection between one panel to another, uh, of, let's say from one wall panel to another or from one wall panel to a ceiling panel uh, where the wood framing is located that locks everything together. And so we at KPS have been changing that frame system. Uh, one of the other reasons that wood had been used is it's a, it's a structural frame. So you can build large walk-ins out of it. And those walk-ins can resist seismic forces and other structural forces that it would see. And uh, so wood, wood was very good to, to be able to create that structural capacity. New systems that we've come up with give you the same structural performance without the negative thermal performance of wood. One system is called Fusion Frame, and it has the ability to have a thermal performance uh, of the frame that's very close to the thermal performance of the polyurethane insulation foam. So you don't have that uh, heat flowing through the frame at a, an accelerated rate, which lowers the surface temperature on the outside which in wood can creates the condensation condition. In environments like Jason had said, that has uh, elevated humidities and maybe elevated temperatures. So we have come to market in the last uh, couple of years with this new frame system that really eliminates the, uh, the issue of condensation uh, on these new structural panel systems. Yeah, and Jim, one thing, one thing from the, the field side that, that I've really enjoyed about the Fusion Frame product and even the high-density rail product is you know, even on a wood frame box, you have uh, anytime you have employees driving forklifts uh, and, and uh, pallet jacks and things like that around your boxes, you're going to have a, a chance of, of uh, strikes from those that equipment hitting that box. And and even if you had a fusion frame or a high density rail box and an employee smacks a corner of it a few times and he starts loosening those joints up and moisture does get in that joint. Well, it's it's 100% repairable. So yeah. you can go back and seal that joint and make it 
back to an airtight seal and there's there's no damage that's been done from that moisture in there whereas wood wood's going to absorb that moisture and once that wood swells and cracks uh, you're never going to get it to take back the original shape you're always going to have a gapped panel joint you're going to have swelling uh, you're going to have it's going to be unsightly it's not going to seal uh, and you just don't have those issues with the fusion frame and the high density rail product. Yeah. And with wood, like you said, collecting that moisture and getting saturated with moisture in, in a freezer environment, that that moisture freezes and fractures those fibers. And we've seen many conditions where those fibers actually split and blow apart and you, you lose your structural performance also. Not only is it now just a thermal performance issue that you have to manage, you're losing the structural integrity of your envelope. And uh, that certainly is, is a, a life-threatening type of condition that nobody wants to happen. So that's, that's very important. One of the things, Jason, that I know you've got a lot of experience in the field with is condensation that's occurring on top of the freezer boxes you know, not just on the walls and floors, but what what happens on the top when you have a lot of energy conductance through materials or plumbing piping uh, on the top? Yeah, exactly, Jim. And one of the one of the big things that we see is sprinkler lines, sprinkler pipe uh, penetrating through the walk-in. It's, you have a steel pipe that's inside of a freezer going from zero, minus 10 to ambient in a, in a, a, a five inch space. So as that steel sprinkler pipe is coming out of that freezer, it's, uh, it's, it's really chill I and mean, that pipe's going to be really cold and you'll see a lot of condensation up on top. It can pull on top and then work its way over to a joint and get into the walk-in that way. Uh, conduit, electrical conduit the same way. If the electricians aren't sealing the, their holes, the penetrations they're putting in the walk-ins correctly, and even just the pipe, the thermal transfer of the pipe, going through same ways on the sprinkler and refrigeration refrigeration lines are a huge one that's that's something that uh, that goes back to the humidity up above the box so uh, armaflex on the refrigeration pipe the insulation around the pipe is something that that has to be serviced it's not you know we armaflex the lines and it's good forever uh, that insulation is going to break down it's going to get saturated with water that refrigeration line is constantly sweating in there. And if you have uh, high humidity uh, above that walk-in, then it's just going to, it's going to happen faster. And then those pipes are going to drip. They're going to ice up and all that dripping is, is up on top of your freezer. And that's, you know, that's, unfortunately, that's an area that most customers, they don't get up on top of their boxes very often. They don't look up there some of them have sheet rocked up around it, so they, they don't really have much access up there. But uh, that's an area that you don't realize you have a problem until it's, until it's almost too late. You know, once you start seeing icicles coming in from the ceiling of your walk-in, then it's, it, the damage is kind of done. It's kind of too late from that, at that point. And just like the airflow necessary around the perimeter of the walk-in to keep condensation from forming in these higher humidity environments, it's the same way on top of the walk-in. You've got to have airflow that's able to extract the the uh, vapor that's trying to form into condensation off of those materials and actually and also warm up those pipe surfaces or conduit surfaces. So airflow above the walk-in is just as critical as it is um, around the perimeter of the walk-in. And so it, 
even if folks close off the walk-in, if they build a wall, you know, from the top of the walk-in up to the, the building structure's roof, um, you still are going to want to have airflow within that space. And a fan that comes from the outer environment um, flows through that wall that closes off the walk-in so you can get drier, fresher air that can come in and exchange with that uh, moisture-laden air from, from inside that space. Yeah, Jim, I think I've heard you in the past use the term, I think it was uh, air scrubbing or, uh-huh. or something where, uh, and I know we've had some customers that had freezers in uh, a warehouse and there was no option to air condition that that ambient space. So we installed some fans around the walk-in and just that air movement, even though it was still hot, it was still humid, but we were able to stop the condensation just with air movement around the walk-in. Yeah, that was one of the conditions where uh, this condensation had pooled into um, just a continuous puddle along the the backside of the freezer between that and the building wall and and mold and mildew and bacteria had formed in in it. Uh, Just water was pouring off that freezer, uh, condensation water. And once those uh, fans and these are very low cost fans and they can be placed on a humidistat or a or just a temperature um, a thermostat uh, once those fans were employed all of that condensation went away it never happened again so it's air movement is a really critical to relieving uh, the conditions where uh, condensation wants to, wants to form yep yes uh air movement is your friend when it comes to yeah. the the walk-in freezers and like I said, it's a low-cost solution compared to a lot of the other solutions that you would have to employ to solve the condensation issues, especially in a unconditioned warehouse uh, where you just don't have the ability to be able to create control humidity and control temperature like you would do in a, a normal, uh, you know, store environment. Right, right. All right. Well, I think uh, I think Jim, yeah. I think we've, we've uh, educated, hopefully, educated some of our customers a little bit on on some of the, the condensation issues that, that we have seen in the field and, and hopefully they've learned a little bit from this. Yeah, I think so. And Jason, I want to, uh, before we wrap up, I want to uh, highlight something that you mentioned, just that sometimes these issues are really difficult to diagnose over the phone and that sort of thing, but KPS can come and, uh, and evaluate a, a walk-in unit, right? And, and try to help narrow down what your issues are and provide kind of a diagnosis that way. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we we have uh, we have in-house service techs, and then we have contractors that work for us all over the United States. So uh, wherever the customer may be, if they're having a, a condensation issue, a condensation problem, and they're really wanting us to come out there and take a look at it, uh, you know, start out with a phone call, and then we can kind of talk to them and get a little bit of background of what what's going on. And if, like I said, you can't diagnose very much over the phone. Sometimes photos can help. We can we can spot things in photos, but but we absolutely do have the ability to send someone out there and take a look at it, kind of do some testing, kind of see what we can find out, and and really help these customers uh, stop these condensation issues. Absolutely. Well, Jim Costanza and Jason Bratcher from KPS Global, guys, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing some expertise um, in the area of walk-ins and uh, and helping educate uh, educate our listeners. So, thank you guys so much for joining me today. 
Thank you, Tyler. You're welcome, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you so much for listening into this episode of Cooler News by KPS Global. We appreciate it very much. Of course, we have previous episodes of the podcast. So if you go search for Cooler News on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you'll be able to find those previous episodes and stay up to date with everything going on with KPS. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.